together today to worship God. Thanks for all who have led us in that worship. Thanks for all who participated. It's a good day to worship God, as it always is. You know, having faith this day and age isn't always easy. The skeptics are loud, and it seems they're getting louder. Those who ridicule faith and religion are bold and unashamed as they attack those who have faith. And they use every medium they can to attack those who believe. And one of the ways that they do that is by throwing dirt into the air. Just by trying to raise questions and cause doubt, because after all, the skeptic and the agnostic can't prove that there isn't a God, they would just like to cause you to question your faith in God and to have doubt. And they'll do so in many ways and many times by just asking questions that at least in their minds are difficult to understand. Questions like this website proposes questions that Christians can't answer. Another website has Christian questions that cannot be answered. Definitively, they say that these questions cannot be answered. This website says there are 10 plus questions that Christians can't answer. And even a book, 100 questions Christians can't answer. Now, I'd like to have a crack at answering some of these questions because there's just a lot of silly questions here. A lot of foolish questions. I want to tell you there are some questions that are difficult to answer. There are some questions that are difficult for Christians to answer. And this morning I want to talk about what we need to do when we're asked difficult questions. Because there are a lot of questions that are easy to answer, but there are some questions that are more difficult to answer. And there are many Christians who, are, who were just like you who believe the same things that you believe, who have encountered questions like these and they've lost their faith as a result and now would claim that they no longer believe in God and Christ. They were just like us. They encountered hard questions and it wrecked their faith. And so as a result, I want to tell you this morning, we need to be prepared with how we deal with difficult questions before we're asked those questions. And so let's look at what we need to do when we're asked difficult questions. First up, I want to tell you that we need to be studying before we're asked the questions. You know, we're in a battle. and The song that David just led for us reminds us that we're in a battle. And the devil would like us to be lulled into a sense of security, into thinking, well, there's not really anything to be worried about. But we're in a battle. And as a result, we need to be prepared The devil doesn't like the fact that we have faith. And he's going to do anything he can to destroy our faith. And we need to be prepared. We're going into a battlefield. And we're in a battlefield. And you don't go into a battlefield unprepared. You need to be prepared. Ephesians chapter 6 reminds us that we're in a battle. It talks about how we can defend ourselves and protect ourselves in this battle. But notice a key thread that's going to run throughout this preparation. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, 
having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench the, all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Notice all the connections here with one thing. What is it? It's the Word of God. The whole armor of God, we have the stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. What's truth? God's Word is truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, how do I find out what righteousness is? Through God's Word. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, where do I find the gospel of peace? In God's Word. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which, what, how do I get the shield of faith? I get the shield of faith. I get faith from God's word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the words of, uh, the words of God. And I should have gone on one more verse there. If you turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Look verse 17. And have the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We need to be prepared for the battle that we're in. And we prepare for that battle. We protect ourselves with God's Word. We've got to be studying, brethren. We've got to be prepared. And this is going to be a purposeful effort on our part. We're not just going to be able to have a Bible on our bedstand or on the coffee table or even in our pocket or on our phone. It's not going to do us any good unless we are purposeful about opening it and studying it. Because we're in a battle and we know that this is our weapon against the devil. This is our weapon against those questions that are going to be asked that are meant to try and shake our faith and cause doubt. Here's our weapon. We need to be studying it. It's got to be purposeful. It is the psalmist, attitude that the psalmist had in Psalm 119, verse 30. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. Have we chosen it? Have we put it before us? Have we made it a part of our life to learn it and to be prepared to defend our faith? If we don't spend time with it, we're not going to be able to use it effectively. 1 Timothy chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, or other translations might say handling to write the word of truth. Can we use this weapon against the skeptic, against the agnostic, against, against the one who wants to ask us those hard questions to shake our faith? Can we use this tool correctly? Can we handle it aright? You know that there are difficult questions out there. You know this ahead of time. You know the devil's going to try to attack you. Are you getting ready? Are you doing what 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says? But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason of the, for the hope that's in you with meekness and fear. Are you ready to do that? Note this isn't, a, we'll just have a Bible nearby and when you get asked the hard question, you can flip through it and try and find the answer. This isn't just a, hey, get ready to know how to learn to use a concordance so that when someone asks you a hard question, you can try and find the answer real fast. No, we need to be ready. We need to be ready in advance. And it will be a lot easier on our faith if we'll have a good understanding of God's Word before those hard questions come. Study before you get questioned. I'll tell you something else we need to do when we get asked hard questions is we need to pray for wisdom. We pray, we talk about wisdom a lot, 
just a few weeks ago, we had a, question, a sermon about how we can get wisdom from four little things. Wisdom is important. It's very important. We teach our kids about wisdom and about making good decisions. And we see people around us who are making unwise decisions, and we see the folly in that. I want to tell you, did you know that wisdom is not just all about making good financial decisions, which the Bible helps us with that. It's not all just about having good work ethic and being diligent in our work. The Bible teaches us about wisdom in that effort as well. Wisdom is not all just about having good interpersonal relations, and the Bible tells us about how to have wisdom in interpersonal relations. But, you know, wisdom goes farther than that. Wisdom also helps us as we deal with challenges to our faith. We've got to have wisdom as we deal with challenges to our faith. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, beginning. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You know, wisdom also applies to me and my faith and understanding God's word and, and the answers to some of those hard questions. Wisdom is involved in that. There are going to be hard questions challenges. There are going to be challenges to our faith. There are going to be questions that are hard to answer, and we're going to need to have wisdom to know how to deal with those questions. James chapter 1 is a passage that we look at a lot when it talks about trials. And there are trials to our faith, but I think we limit James chapter 1 to some of those trials being simply, well, if you have health problems, those are challenges. Or maybe if you're dealing with persecution, or ridicule, or rejection. Those are some of those challenges. But I want to tell you there are trials of our faith that could be just these hard questions. Look at James chapter 1. James chapter 1, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Are the hard questions a trial of our faith? They are, aren't they? We need to pray for wisdom, that we can understand God's word and his will that we can know how to answer those hard questions. We need to be praying for wisdom that we'll deal with these challenges the way that we should. We need to study before we get questioned. We need to pray for wisdom. And furthermore, number three, I want to tell you, we need to know that there are some questions that should not be answered. There are some questions that are asked that don't warrant an answer. Maybe it's the type of question that's being asked. Maybe it's the person who's asking the question. Maybe it's the spirit of the person who is asking the question and the spirit in which the question is asked. I want to tell you, there are some questions that we don't need to be afraid to dismiss as being not worthy of an answer. That's what the Bible says about it. The Bible repeatedly talks about questions that don't need to be answered. How about Titus chapter 3, verse 9? Titus chapter 3, verse 9. But avoid foolish disputes, 
genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and useless. There's some questions and disputes and things that need to go left unanswered because they're not worthy of an answer. We need to avoid them. 2 Timothy chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. Some of these questions, we just need to walk away from them and avoid them because there's no use in answering them. How about 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 4? 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 4, in the King James Version says, He is proud, knowing nothing but doting about questions and strives of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railing, evil surmisings, etc. You know, we feel a burden when someone asks a question, that it has to be answered. But God says there are some questions that we need to avoid. Know that those are questions that don't need an answer because they're foolish questions. There are questions that don't do any good asking. We need to just avoid those questions. You're not a coward if you do what God said to do to avoid some of those questions because they are not fruitful questions. There are some questions that shouldn't be answered. I'll tell you something else. There are some questions that can't be answered. Not only are there questions that shouldn't be answered, there are some questions that can't be answered. Note that there are some questions that can't be answered because of a couple reasons. Number one, there are some questions that we can't answer because God didn't give us the answer to those questions. You know, a lot of times the skeptic and the agnostic want to get over and venture into things where we don't need to be speculating and venturing into. Questions that God hasn't given us the answer to. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. We've looked at this passage many times in the recent past, but this applies to these hard and difficult questions. There are questions that God didn't give us the answer to. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. God has concealed some things from us. And if there are secret things that belong to God, there are means that there are questions that God hasn't given us the answer to. We don't have all the answers. We shouldn't be ashamed to admit that. And so there are some questions that can't be answered because God didn't give us the answer. And furthermore, I'll tell you, there's some questions that can't be answered because our feeble minds aren't able to answer them. You know, it is a haughty and proud person who thinks that they can understand everything or they ought to be able to understand everything and they ought to be able to answer every question. But God says very clearly that our minds can't handle it. The psalmist understood this in Psalm 139, verse 6. 139, verse 6 of Psalms. Such knowledge is too wonderful to me. It is high. I cannot attain to it. We can't understand everything. We can't answer everything. Because our feeble minds aren't capable We need to know our limitations. Psalm 131, verse 1. Psalm 131, verse 1. The Lord, a Lord, my heart is not haughty nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with great matters nor things too profound for me. You know, the agnostic and the skeptic like to wander and venture into those things that are too great for us to understand. And they should because they're proud and they're haughty. But we ought to understand our limitations. There are some things that God hasn't revealed to us and we can't answer them. 
And there are some things that God revealed to us. We couldn't understand them and answer those questions because they're too high for us and we can't answer them. There are some questions that can't be answered. But you know what? This shouldn't be a challenge to our faith. And this shouldn't cause us to doubt because you know what? There are questions that everyone has trouble answering. No one can answer every question. And just because there are some questions that we can't answer as Christians, I'll tell you, there are a whole lot of questions that the atheist and the agnostic and the skeptic can't answer. If they want to get into the realm of questions that can't be answered, I've got a long list for them. And there's no way that they can answer them. There are some questions simply that can't be answered, and we shouldn't be afraid to say that we can't answer certain questions. Furthermore, when we're asked difficult questions, I want to tell you, we need to be willing to ask for help. You know, there's a lot of times when Christians struggle with questions that they can't answer. And they're ashamed to ask for help. They're ashamed to ask for help. They're ashamed to ask others for help. Maybe it's because they feel insignificant or insecure in their understanding of God's Word. Maybe they feel like they should already have the answer for that and they're afraid to raise their hand and ask for help. Maybe it's their pride that gets in the way. Maybe it's because of shame. Maybe they just feel shame that they would have any questions or doubt. Or maybe it's because they fear. What will other people think for, of me if I ask this question? I want to tell you, we need to get rid of all of those thoughts and all of those things that would keep us from asking help. We need to ask for help. Because if we fail to ask for the help that we need, there are serious consequences. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14 says, Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. There is benefit of asking for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Why do we have each other? Why do we have each other if it's not so that we can help and be of assistance? In fact, that's our command in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We're here to help each other. Let us not be afraid to ask for help. When we're encountering those questions that are causing doubt and concern, let's ask each other to help. That's why we're here. I tell you, we need to be careful when other people do ask for help. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14 tells us how we need to respond. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. We're here to help each other. Let's not be too afraid to help. And let's be careful how we respond to those who do ask for help. And then this morning, I want to tell you finally, when we're asked the hard questions... We need to stand on the foundations that we know must be true. The whole purpose of the skeptic and the agnostic and the atheist questions are to cause doubt, to shake our faith. And when we're asked those hard questions that may be a little bit rattling and unsettling, I want to tell you what we've got to do. 
We've got to come back to the things that we know are true, the bedrocks of our faith, the foundations of our faith. We've got to keep coming back to them. They're going to throw dirt in the air. They're going to try and shake us and rattle us. We've got to come back to what we're grounded on, the things that we know without a doubt must be true. They want to shake us. They want to cause doubt in one area of our faith so they can get us to throw the whole thing out, to throw the baby out with the bathwater, get rid of it all, because if they shake us in one area, then it causes doubt and speculation on everything. And maybe it's on the accuracy of the Bible. Maybe they want to find something that looks like a contradiction, and they want to try and focus on that and get us to shake our faith and throw everything out. And Christians have lost their faith. Christians that were like you who are now atheists because they think they found a contradiction in the Bible. And so they threw it all out. There are no contradictions, by the way. There are answers to those. But the skeptic and the atheist and the agnostic threw that dirt in the air and shook their faith, and it all went out the window. It may be in other areas of our life where they want to cause us to shake our faith and cause us to doubt. I'll tell you, the psalmist in Psalm 73... He had his faith shaken to the core. Read Psalm 73 sometime. And you'll see how his faith was totally shaken. But the answer to him was coming back to the foundations that he knew. And when he came back to the foundations, then his faith was strengthened. Psalm 73, verse 17, Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood there. The psalmist was looking at all the things around him and starting to doubt his faith, doubt if it was even worth serving God. But when he came back to the foundation, to the bedrock, then he had understanding. I tell you, don't throw away the things that you know when you get asked a hard question. When you get asked a question that's difficult to answer, stay true to what you know. Is there a God? Absolutely. Don't let a hard question over here shake this faith. There's absolutely a God. Is the Bible the Word of God? Absolutely. Don't let a difficult question over here shake that. Come back to what you know. Is Jesus the Son of God? Without a doubt. Don't let somebody asking a silly, foolish question shake your faith and cause you to doubt that. Keep coming back to the things you know must be true. There are hard questions out there. Hard questions that have shaken the faith of people like you and me. And we need to be prepared before those questions come. We need to be studying. We need to be very diligent in our study of God's Word because it's how we're going to defend against the attacks of the devil. Of the devil. We need to be praying for wisdom. These are trials of our faith. Pray for wisdom. Know that there are some questions that we shouldn't even answer. They're foolish questions, and just avoid them. It's not a burden on us to answer the foolish questions that have no value. Ignore those questions. Understand that we're not going to have the answer to every question, and no other human on earth does, even the people who want to try and shake our faith. There are some questions we can't answer. Don't be scared to ask for help, and stand on the foundations you know must be true. What about you this morning? How is your faith? I tell you, I can tell how your faith is, and you can tell how your faith is by how you're living. Is your faith directing every step of your life? It must be. If you're not living like you should this morning, 
Is there something we can do to help? If there is, would you let us know while we stand and sing?